When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. You are now in the Corn Roof Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Corn Roof Podcast. I am your host, Jared Clem. So, surprisingly tonight, yes, we are live. Uh, usually on Mondays, of course, we don't do recordings unless we have something fun going on. So, not only is our co-host, Matt Ardazzo, live in the Meadowlands, boots on the ground, we're going to try to get him in midway through the show, if not a little earlier. We also have a special guest. Uh, but first, before we get to him, joining me now in his business suit attire, looking all fancy professional, our fantasy expert, Patriots fan from Texas. Let me let, let let that one sink in. And Houston sports fan besides the Texans, ladies and gentlemen, Mason Rutch. How are we? What's up? Oh man, he's all he's all sp- spiffy and ready to go. Also, we got our intern Chris in the back looking up everything for us. And joining us now, of course, the man of the hour, the replacement for Matt today because you know he just won. He couldn't stay away. Um, this man is a diehard Steelers, Penguins, and Pirates fan. He is one of the most well-known sports media figures on TikTok and YouTube. One of my favorite Yenzers, and unfortunately, ladies, he's now officially off the market. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now, host of the Frank Michael Smith Show and Frank Michael Smith on everything social media. Ladies and gentlemen, Frank Michael Smith. Jared, thank you. And I did not expect the off-the-market comment. That was nice. Hey, listen, congrats to you and Carmen, man. God throw, throw some love to you. Camila, but thank you. Camila, Jesus Christ, my buddy's fiance's name is Carmen. <laughs> <laughs> You're good, man. Oh, my God. You know what the worst part is? I actually fucked up her name once when I had to give them a, a toast at their little uh, birthday dinner. That was really bad. I just, it's the C names, man. I can't figure it out. It's tough, man. I mean, my, some people in my family still don't say it right. So you're good. Fair enough. Well, buddy, listen, we're ha- glad, happy to have you. We're happy you're you're staying and hanging in with us for today. We've got a bunch of. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm gonna say right now. I'm just sorry about your Steelers, man. I, I want. I picked them. I want. This is hey, listen, be therapy. This might be you therapy. Could be a Giants fan, buddy. Like there, there are worse things in this world. There are. There's not many, but there are. I've, I've, I've taken some, some good grace in that. But 
man, this is this has been so rough. Like I felt better going into that week one than I can remember in like seven years. And that was just so bad right away. Well, hey, listen, you know, it's so weird. We can honestly do a hierarchy of who had a worse week. Honestly, we might start off the week. Let's go around the horn. Who had a worse week in the Steelers? I'll start off with the easy layup. We'll start with the New York Giants. Get busted It doesn't up get worse than that, right? Yeah. I mean, the only thing that didn't happen is like Saquon didn't get injured for the year. You know, like we saw some guys like, unfortunately, some bad injuries in week one. But that's almost as bad as you can possibly do. Yeah, I just and I'll throw another one out there. Your division rival, the Cincinnati Bungles. They're now the Bungles again because what the fuck was that offensive play calling? I don't know, man. I I have some Bengals friends I talked to today. It, it, I did not expect the Bengals to lose and for everyone to be confused with Joe Burrow. That's the most confusing is he just looks so bad. Like my buddy told me this morning, it it was as if he was throwing shot put. That's how he put his throwing motion and his passes. I mean, that's the highest payer, paid player of all time. Like that's what we're talking about here. It didn't see that coming. That was not on my week one bingo card. I think there was, you know, we'll get into it because we're about to about five, two minutes. We're about to hop in to obviously America's favorite game, the one sentence game. But it will talk about how much of a clusterfuck this entire scene was. I don't think I heard anybody hit their parlays. Like between Saturday or Sunday, I think one's parlays were shot to shit. But I did call it. I texted you. I said Miami was my lock of the week. Those boys. I told them, I told them Miami, I liked it a lot. That, that was a great game, too. That was probably my favorite game to watch. Oh, an update. By the way, Cam Kitchens is okay. Our All-American safety. Apparently, he might even play in two weeks. So, I will. I am happy as hell because he's the best player on our damn defense. And watching Jimbo cry, complain, and whine the entire way to the locker room was like Christmas. I, my hatred of Jimbo Fisher stretches back to his Florida State days. So, we'll get started. Mace, buddy, what was your overall – before we get into one-sentence games, we'll just kind of – what was your overall thoughts this weekend for football? You've been kind of quiet over there. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we all watched Texas just kind of dominate. I guess dominates a little bit of a stretch, but outplay Bama in their own house uh, in all three phases of the game. So that was, uh, at least for me, pretty depressing to watch. But uh, overall, you know, it was a fun weekend. Uh, OU won, you know, got to see the Aggies lose. So that's that's never a, you know, I'm, I'm never going to complain about that. And then NFL-wise, um, you know, same old Patriots, right? Always, you know, having themselves in it till the end of the game and then finding a way to just not make it happen. Um, yeah. So that that they, they love to rip your heart out right at the end. Uh, at least these these past couple of years have been that way. So that was a little bit frustrating. Uh, caught a little bit of the Texans game. They looked, you know, pathetic. Uh, Stroud looked like he was deer in the headlights. I mean, first so, the start, man, it, like. It was going to happen with that old line. Anything's better than Derek Carr. I mean, David Carr. But didn't mean to cut you off. But ladies and gentlemen, joining us live, boots on the ground in MetLife Stadium, waiting for the game to start. Rabbit Jets fan, the TikTok Viking himself, ladies and gentlemen, Matt Ordazzo. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, we got you, buddy. How you doing? Oh, you can hear me. Oh, my gosh. We have the Jets Stadium. Look at this right here. Not the apocalyptic background, but yeah, no, I got you. 
This is commitment. I respect this move right now. What's up, Matt? Oh, yeah, I'm doing fantastic. I bought two t shirts in the store. And they got shot glass. And not much for myself, but for other people. But uh, we have a fantastic matchup tonight. The Bills. We're going to smoke the Bills. Um, I am very excited. The stadium is green. Here at Sporting and the Giants. Got the facts. And I am excited. How are y'all? How are you right, right now? Because your, your voice cadence is all over the place. <laughs> Oh, Buddy, you know, I've known you for 10 years. You, you're feeling good right now. Is this Jets Eagles bad? Is this Jets Eagles bad? This is very much Jets Eagles bad. Oh my God. Maybe we can have you on live camera if this is Jets Eagles bad. bad. Is it because my face is red? I had uh, four, four white cloth surges, uh, a beer, a mixed drink, two shots. What? Very good. Jesus, yeah, you're up, man. All right, Maddie, what is your is Bryce Brees, our boy Brees Hall is playing tonight? We got him starting our fantasy team. You ready? You think he's got first out, first touchdown of the game for us? Well, we we won we won our fantasy matchup. There's no yeah, way we got Brees Hall. Cook is getting the bulk of the carries right now, which I'm not worried about. Brees Hall come back healthy when you're ready. Let Dalvin Cook, you know. Let Dalvin Cook take the carries while he can. I feel very confident with Brees Hall. I think he can get his touchdown today. Even if he gets 40% of the carries, I don't think it's a big deal. I'm very excited for today, but I think Brees Hall should have a good game. And uh, listen, Buffalo Bills defense got weaker than like they did last year. I'm not worried about it. You know, it's going to be a tough game, but Brees Hall should be fine. Dalvin Cook should be fine. Let's get Aaron Rodgers out on the field. I am ready. The back logos are on the field, and I'm ready to go. Brees Hall should be locked in. Let's go, baby. Are right. we doing throwbacks tonight? Are we doing what? Is it throwbacks tonight? What is, is that the uni? It's throwbacks, yeah. The white uniforms are going to be out on display tonight. It's a throwback game. I'm watching the Jumbotron. Greg Zerline has his throwback uniforms on. They look beautiful. And, uh... Yes, go back tonight. Very excited. All right. Maddie, before we let you go, brother, final score prediction. Final score prediction 27 to 20. New York Jets, baby. Let's go. J E T S. Jets, Jets, Jets. All right, buddy. Say well up to your family for me. Enjoy the game. Be safe. We'll talk to you Thursday. All right. All right, buddy. Shout out to one of your podcasts. Let's go, baby. All right, go, Jets, bud. That was better than I expected. <laughs> I was waiting for his inter- I, I MetLife Stadium has the worst Wi-Fi reception or LTE or anything. I don't know what it is for being a fucking open field in the middle of nowhere. There is no reception. You literally are like sitting there with your damn phone. And for the record, Matt and I, the story behind Jets and Eagles was the 2015 Chip Kelly year where um, Brandon Marshall f- lateraled the ball to nobody. It was that game. Matt and I were in college. We were so hammered that we don't remember getting into the stadium the first quarter or half the second quarter. So the fact that he's saying that he's that lit right now makes me happy and also ter- they, and thanking God his fiance and his mom were with him because I don't think he'd get home by himself. Jared, I don't think I thought about this until I hopped on the podcast today. Yeah, bud. 
I don't remember many back to back games in that stadium where it's pouring rain. Is it going to be I fine? Like, it's well, it's artificial turf. Remember, OG OBJ blew out his knee there. No, I saw Daniel Jones with the stuff all over his face last night, but like, is it going to drain? Like, it poured last night. Yeah. So it's weird because that stuff, the drainage of that stuff is good. I just don't, the way it rained up here in the Northeast today, frankly, I was texting the boys. I was in my truck driving home and my truck's got about a one inch lift in it. So I'm up there and I'm seeing like just sheets of rain. The water on the road was about maybe, I don't know, half an inch up. It was almost up my tires into my rims while I was driving. It was actually starting to slow me down while I was rolling. So, and that was just the downpour we had. So they got that about an hour and a half advance. Now, if that hit later, I don't think the field will be okay. But the thing is, it hit early enough. It started raining up there around 2 o'clock. So we, they actually might be okay for the game. I think dudes are going to be slipping early. But it's not going to be any worse than it was when it's dry and dudes are hooking their cleats on that stupid helix turf. So it might be a little slick to start, but it's not going to be as bad as Philly and uh, New England yesterday where they couldn't hang on to the damn ball. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I just don't remember very many back-to-back games there in general. I don't either. That's what I was thinking about that yesterday. Cause my mom's like, where are they playing? And I'm like, Meadowlands. She goes, wait, the jets are playing them on the Meadowlands. I'm like, I know she goes, can the turf do that? I'm like, we're going to see <laughs> like shit. Like the NFL schedule makers and their infinite wisdom are going <laughs> to might pay the price tonight. I don't know. You would think that this stuff wouldn't be an issue, right? Like the NFL who makes, I think their target Mm -hmm. revenue is like $25 billion or something. You would think that they have like the ground, the grounds management in control. Well, listen, Frank, we had the Super Bowl problems last year, right? Like that's what I'm saying, man. Like like, this, like I'm so on the player side about this stuff. Like they should get the grass and, and treat the grass. Like we just saw what new stadium in, in, uh, London, they're building where they're like storing the grass underneath so they can have concerts and everything too. Like we need that technology. Where's that? I, I don't, you know, what's so crazy. And also it's like, I think there's there, somebody was telling me once, and I also heard something about on McAfee, you know, your fellow yins are right. And I'm, I'm hearing them bullshit. And this is AJ Hawk saying shit. So, you know, he's always got some tinfoil hat shit coming out of his mouth, but about the NFL having like companies with investments with that turf and they don't want, cause it lasts longer. It can take a beating mm. with concerts and shit because I saw a post yesterday for some girl on TikTok where they were finding like the sparkles from the Taylor Swift concert in the Levi stadium, like cup holders. And that's like weeks earlier, plus games, plus events. Like, and they, and you think about it, these stadium owners, they want their revenue from their stadium. Like think about the link, right? In the last couple of weeks, They've had Zach Bryan, I believe, perform. They've had four different concerts, comedy shows, plus Eagles games, Temple games, and that's grass. But the beating that stadium takes is brutal. But you also notice how not a lot of guys go down with, like, torn ACLs because the Eagles will actually spend a little more money on the turf. And I remember when I was a kid, the, I remember Heinz Hill used to be like this, too, where that, that by mid-November, there was a brown circle in the middle of the stadium, and it was just grass on the outside because yeah. I – we were, we were kids. I think that was really bad there. growing up. Thankfully, they, oh, yeah. it's like nowhere near that bad anymore. But well, that was horrible. We talked about it before the show, before he got on. Um, uh, the Ricky Williams return game to the uh, the Monday football game between your Steelers and the, yeah, three nothing. the uh, Dolphins. Three nothing game. That was fucking brutal. <laughs> it was three nothing. It was like a swamp. And remember remember the the punt, the punt plugged? Yeah, the they got stuck in a wedge in the ground. <laughs> yeah, wild. that was ridiculous. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. Pitt plays in that field too, so they they go back to back on that field now, and it's oh. fine. So I don't know. Clearly, some technology is in there. Get away from me, Pitt Panthers. Ugh, gross. Oh <laughs> uh, man, just ugly. You know, Dracovic got booed on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Well, was he doesn't have flowers that. to throw them out anymore. My I biggest take yeah. of the draft. I wasn't at the Steelers game, but there had to be some boos there too. Back to back booing in the, in the North Shore, you just don't see that. Yeah, I know that's more of an Eastern Pennsylvania kind of thing. Uh, but like, uh, who was it? Like Dracovic. My biggest point was during the draft why I think Zay Flowers is the second best receiver in the draft. And everyone's like, why you have him ranked so high? I'm like, because he bail. I watched him bail out Dracovic at. BC every single game, and I'm going on a fucking tangent here, right? But you brought up Jacoby, I was thinking about it, I was like, and I watched Zay Flowers bail Lamar out yesterday with a couple bad throws, and he just came back to the ball, adjusted midair, changed his route on the fly, and I'm like, this dude may be in the 1,000-yard receiver by the end of the season. That's why I drafted him over any of the other rookie receivers besides JSN, because I was like, okay, Zay Flowers in that offense, besides Andrews, who's never on the field anymore, he's the best option for Lamar. I take him over Bateman or whoever the other guy is in that lineup that they have, whose name is escaping me at this point. They've got OBJ. They've got yeah, OBJ. Get OBJ. But got... how long OBJ gonna stay healthy? That's that's my uh, word. Not long. I yeah. yeah I mean, he, you're right, Jared. I mean, I think it was obvious yesterday. I mean, that's you know, Zay Flowers is the is the WR one. This year's I mean, Garrett Wilson. Very clear. Uh, and and he was very capable, or at least appeared very capable to make plays and they even used him in the run game. So uh, he's a versatile player. And I think he's going to be very good, both, you know, on the football field and for fantasy purposes. There you go. All right, fellas. So I think it's about time we kick it off a little bit. All right. Now it's time for America's favorite game. Kick the music. So it is time for the one sentence game presented by candidates, promo code, Black 20 for 20% off. If you're like me, used to dip. You can't, you don't want to get the have, you don't want to destroy your teeth. You want to get them all mangled and shit. Amazing flavors. This literally, this mint tastes like Coke mint, and for guys like me, that's the best thing in the world. Uh, Ten milligrams of CBD per pouch. Promo code BIP, twenty percent off. Me and Matt are personally paying for the amount of dip we order. Further new interior fridge in the break room. How much Matt me go through? But they've got like four different flavors. The Ripper's flavor is kind of a nice THCP. It's a nice little alternative to the THC. It's not bad. And on top of that, they have flavors from all Palmer range of the grape to peach to mango, mint. Winter green, they got them all. Amazing company. My favorite story to tell is one time they shorted me a 10. I let them know. They sent me my entire order for free. That's the kind of guys you're dealing with at Candidips. Amazing people. Promo code BED20 for 20% off. Official sponsor of the Corner Booth Podcast. The six-pack, one-sentence game, and belly-up sports. Gentlemen, I'll get it kicking and rolling. This is where I let you know how I felt about games, and then you react to my headlines. So the one sentence game is me making a fool out of myself and you guys reacting to it. So we're only doing three college games. The only three college games, Madden. All right. First off, we're starting in Boulder. Dion took it seriously because Matt Rule and the boys apparently stepped on the damn logo and Matt Rule can't get out of his own way. We fly down to South Beach where Jimbo complained all the way home. Um, Tyler Van Dyke looked amazing and I'm happy Camp Kitchen is okay. Miami is not back. But they're back in the ACC. Let that one sink in. All right. And finally, horns up. Yeah, no. Alabama for being such a high favorite at seven at seven up before the game started. Plus seven, uh, minus seven before the game started. Everyone talking Bama this. We all forgot the fact they don't have a quarterback to throw the damn ball. And um, 
Texas does. Matthew McConaughey said that, not me. All right, but yeah, Texas wins. They're now three in the nation, highest they've been ranked since uh, Colt McCoy. I think it's a quarterback. All right, we are rolling into the NFL. Thursday night football. The only team that gets an asterisk next to a loss when they lose is the Kansas City Chiefs. Nobody, You win the game. You play with the players you got. I don't care about no Chris Jones, no Travis Kelsey. The Lions are in that one fair and square. We go to the Battle of Ohio where the the Deshaun Watson, Bill Cosby, Deshaun Watson's, I'm sorry, the Cleveland Browns, the Elves, according to Jameer, uh, Jamar Chase, lost. No, beat a bunch of Bengals. Uh, I totally bumbled the fuck out of that one. Um, I, the Bengals looked fucking terrible. I don't know what to expect. Miles fucking Garrett's doing fake crossover shit and then blitzing. I just it, it looked like they were. To, it looked like a game of NFL Street when you're up by forty. They just were fucking with them the entire ball game. Then we go to my next favorite game, and this one was so bad I had to turn it off. And that was. The Saints and Titans. How was this a legitimate football game? The lack of quarterback play between Carr and Tannehill was so bad. You could have had me and Frank playing opposite sides, and we probably would have put up 20 points each. This was atrocious. Buccaneers, Vikings, the Baker train is rolling, baby. Mason, I called it. Also, the Vikings lock streaks over. They're finishing last in the north this year. Texans, Ravens. I- I'm sorry, CJ. I'm not even going to make a GTA joke that I had waiting for that one. I can't do it. Um, Falcons, Panthers. This game was about as meh as the quarterback play, but the fact of the matter is the Falcons have 14 different guys who can score a rushing touchdown. And Kyle Pitts will never score a touchdown this year. Uh, Jaguars, Colts. A little assist from my boy DJ over at High Low Sports. Uh, yeah, Anthony Richardson needs to learn how to fucking slide. That last hit was brutal. Also, um, I don't still don't understand how that DeForest Buckner touchdown is uh, a touchdown, but we'll let that go. Also, Calvin Ridley, guys, like, come on, my man, Jags money line. That's my nickname for him on my team this year because dudes just killing people. Um, we'll make this quick. 49ers showed up, played a practice squad, and left. Sorry, Frank, that was easy. It's it's okay, y'all. Beat the next team you play by thirty next week. Speaking of practice squads, we got two playing each other in the nation's capital. Um, the Cardinals still almost found a way to beat the Commanders. And somebody told me, I think it was a certain um, member of High Low Sports who told me that the Commanders are going to win the division this year. Okay, stop. Raiders, Broncos, they let Russ cook. And then the second half, Russ became Russ again. Um, Jimmy G with the most awkward slide of all time to seal the game. Uh, Dolphins, Chargers, the two of them. Honestly, it was the most entertaining game of the week. Just a shootout back and forth, a la, very similar to Texas, Alabama. But listen, Tyreek Hill is one in a million. Bears, Packers. Yo, the Bears, they they can't. I'm just gonna. I'm just laughing. The, the Bears are just laughable. Uh, Eagles, Patriots. Yo, what the fuck was that, Philly? You should have beaten him by 40. That, that's all. Mac looks good, though. Ketso Kendrick Bourne. Got to show love. Where she, and Christian Gonzalez locking up Devontae Smith in the fourth quarter. Got to give credit there. And last but not least. Oh, sorry. Second to last. Um, the Rams beat the Seahawks. Gino, what the fuck? You have, like, one of the most loaded offenses in football, and you lost to Matt Stafford in a practice squad. 
I, I don't get it. And then last but not least, speaking of we don't get it, apparently the Giants didn't get the hatch. They had to get off the bus to go play the game because uh, the Cowboys were basically just running walkthroughs out there. 40 nothing, the final score. Uh, that is it. Fellas, what, what stood out to you this weekend for football, college, pros? It's open season. Let's roll. Frank, you're the guest. You go up first. I don't think we spent enough time on Dion. That's the biggest story of the week, even after the NFL. It's still the biggest, man. That was the biggest public win I think I've ever seen in my entire life. I was part of it, and then I immediately gave all my money back with Bama, but that's all right. <laughs> okay, I lost my parlay, too. No, not not a parlay, but I was uh, I was just riding high. I was like, there's no way, man. Like, is Texas back? Are they really back? Turns out it might be. Uh, I'm not quite there yet, but dude, I, I think it's still the biggest story is Dion. Like this is I don't I just don't think there's anything like this. Like what can you compare it to? Um when I, I, like LeBron with the big three. That's what I think about. Like when you like you go back and they bring all this young talent. Shadur Sanders on tape. Frank, you know how much I love watching like quarterback mechanics and tape? Dude, from from snap to release. He looks like a professional quarterback, and there's no there's no hitch to his throw. Everything's clean, release, arm strength's there, and he's the most like he's almost like a statue in the pocket. He's not antsy at all, and it's a little I'm like this dude play. If imagine if this dude started at D one instead of sitting at Jackson State for two years. Oh like, my holy god! Shit. I, I tweeted about that with Travis Hunter. I was like, thank. God, that Dion made the move here. Like, imagine if we never got to see Travis Hunter and he would just hold up at Jackson State. And, like, these guys were fourth and fifth round picks. Imagine the teams who, like, oh, the Eagles grabbed Travis Hunter in the fourth round. The Steelers grabbed Shitter Sanders in the fifth. Actually, it wouldn't be that bad for our teams, to Frank. But, you know, it's like, dude, they would have been buried. I think one Jackson State player who was, like, one of their best players in the team last year got drafted in like, the fifth round. That's insane to me. This is like what Dion's doing right now is, like, when you would play – NCAA football back in the day and you mm-hmm. pick the worst team and you're like, I know how to recruit these guys. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, the, I'm playing versus a bunch of computers. Like I can do this. And you bring that team to like, you know, getting five stars or it's in the NFL when you're playing mad and you start off as like the lions, just because yeah. you need to like, you know, have a bit of a challenge. Like it's incredible. I mean, you said computers and that reminds me how Matt rule is the biggest square on the planet. Um, he just that, looks like that dude sweats pastrami, I swear. Um, Mace, I, I know as a, the resident Sooner here, you don't want to talk about Texas being back, but you got to admit, Quinn Ewers and the boys were ripping it down the field on Saturday. It was wild. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on on that. Uh, I'll touch on Colorado first. I, I, I think that it's highly entertaining to watch Colorado play football. Um, I think that people are getting a little bit ahead of themselves considering they're – they have played a team that's going to win three to four games in Nebraska, and they've played a team that's going to win seven or eight or nine in TCU. Um, so I think it's going to be very interesting when they play Oregon, when they play USC, when they play Utah. I think Travis Hunter is a fantastic player. Um, I, I think if he continues what he's doing, he's 1,000% going to be in New York uh, come the new year. And I mean, I think there's a chance that if he keeps it up, he'll he'll probably end up winning the Heisman. So look, I, I they're highly entertaining to watch. Is that going to translate to team success? I don't know yet. 
We'll have to see how they match up against teams who are better than them in everything. Better coached, you know, better personnel, better, um, better everything, right? Bigger brands, all that. So it's going to be interesting to see when they match up against those three teams. They've got Oregon and USC back to back, not starting this coming week, but in two. So that'll be very interesting to see how they match up against those two teams. Um, to Wait, touch Mason, on the Texas, can I pause there for a second? Absolutely, yeah. I agree with you. I'm pumped for those games, especially the USC game. But has, haven't they done that in back-to-back weeks? They were dogs in both games, and especially the TCU game. Like, I think they've I already mean, done that. Well, no, 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 I and, and I agree with you, Frank. I, I think that I think the competition is just – I mean, USC, I feel like people think if things go you know, the way it's supposed to for USC, they're going to find themselves in the national championship game, uh, especially now that, that Bama's cleared out. Uh, maybe they finish with a you know a two seed and they're able to play a team like oh I don't know uh, Florida State you know they could find themselves in a national championship game very easily um, they're easily the best team in the Pac-12 for mm-hmm. sure uh, despite their defense being atrocious however like I said I think Colorado is fascinating to watch it's been incredible to see how Dion has done this entire roster turnover and brought in so many new players from, you know, all sorts of different schools, including the HSB HBCU schools. Um, and these guys are making an, an immediate impact against real competition, right? It's not like they're playing, you know, wherever they were playing it at the crummy schools that they were at before. Um, so it's, I, I think from that perspective, it's, it's very interesting. Um, and you're going to see, I mean, I saw something interesting from 247 Sports, uh, who's like the CBS kind of affiliate for college football, say, you know, what Deion Sanders is doing at Colorado is just another example of why these kids who are coming up through high school, coming up through college now, are going to commit to a coach, not a school or a program. You know, and, and, and in a way, you really can't blame them because when guys like Lincoln Riley go from you know, my Sooners to USC or Dion goes from, you know, an even bigger jump in Jackson State to the University of Colorado and they have immediate success, why would you not follow them there if there's an opportunity? So, okay, I, to, to go, yeah, jump in, Jared. Oh, well, before I, I touch on Texas. I totally agree with you because even like as small as look at like, look at Mike Norvell, what he's done at Florida State. They were a joke two years ago. Like, they were a two-win team, three-win team best. Mike Norvell flips that culture on its head. Mario Cristobal, so far at Miami, it's been – he had to get and leech out the Manny Diaz culture, which, to be honest, they were trying to be this machismo team with no size. Now they go out and they get the guys who want to play the correct way of ball. You go to Alabama, the king of all of this. Guys don't go to play at Bama. Nobody gives a fuck about Bama's tradition. These players care about playing for Saban because Saban is the greatest college football coach of all time. And you said it yourself. Lincoln Riley's another one. Dude, And I'm going to tell you, Stark is starting something like that in fucking Texas. Prime in Colorado. Mike, I mean, I, I think, I think the biggest example that... It was like, it's a it's a culture thing because it's yeah. easier to play for a coach... A coach than a tradition. That's why nobody fucking cares about Notre Dame anymore. 
because in, in hopefully Marcus Freeman can continue what he's building. But if he does it, that's why nobody fucking cared about Brian Kelly. He's a dick. And that's it. And he killed. I'm not going to make the Kevin joke with him killing a kid for recording film. We've already made that a thousand times. But this is why. It's not like, a joke. I mean, it, that happened. It's, it's a real fucking thing. Kevin will just say it in something that's really fucked up way and he'll say it like a joke. And you're just like, there was one. We had a guest on who was like, wait, that happened? And Kevin's chuckling goes, wait, you've never heard this story? And we had to live on camera explain what happened. And it was the oh, most God. uncomfortable five minutes I've had on this show. This was like three years ago. But Brian, to my point, Brian Kelly has never had that appeal, whether it was Cincinnati, um, Notre Dame, and now at LSU. It's never had that appeal. So, Mace, you're 100% right. And, and I, I think the, the biggest example to, to me, forget Colorado, forget USC, forget Florida State, like you said, uh, Jared. How, how about we look at TCU? Where was TCU two years ago, right? Um, you know, they, they probably won seven, eight games maybe in, in the Big 12, right? We're just kind of average. You know, maybe they'd beat an OU, a Texas, uh, uh, a Baylor, you know, a, a decently, you know, size school with a larger following than them, yeah. you know, and they turn it around. They get Sonny Dykes to come over and, you know, they, they finish as the regular season champs of the Big 12. Lost to K-State in the championship, but, you know, found themselves in the national championship, right? And that was in the span of a year. Yeah. So so you're starting to see people use the transfer portal to their advantage, and and you're starting to see schools like Clemson, who things are kind of starting to look like they're deteriorating because they're not using the transfer portal to their advantage. Well, and here's the kicker, right? And so there's another school that is a rival of Michigan that is starting to feel the burn from a relying on a tradition instead of relying on a coach. I'm sorry. Ryan day has as much personality as white toast with no butter on it. Um, then you go down to Clemson. Dabo's cocky ass has been taking off the fact he's been out recruiting everybody for years. He loses it. The best coach he's ever had in Brent Venables, whose defense still gives me fucking nightmares as a hurricanes fan. That 3-3 zone blitz is, like, the scariest fucking thing I've ever seen. It's like that meme on TikTok with the fucking thing barking and shit. It's like, it don't bite. Yes, it do. That That is literally what the Brett Venables defense is to me. <laughs> that shit's fucking terrifying. A 3-3 defense shouldn't make a power eye team shit their pants like it does, but it does. And he's doing that Oklahoma now. So, and so Clemson, and this leads into my biggest expectation, is the ACC is a clusterfuck, but it's better than it ever has been. You have Miami who's come back. You have Florida State. If we get in Miami, Florida North, State, North Carolina is relevant Carolina for like the scoring. first time ever. Yeah, you know? yeah, they're relevant, but now their defense can't stop them. So we could have a Miami-Florida State championship for the ACC. And I think for the first time ever, it makes the conference more entertaining. You have five teams that can win that fucking conference. For the first time ever, I mean, let's be honest, it's going to be Florida State or whoever knocks them off at the end, but it makes the conference better. But it's almost like you finally take out some of these programs. The Big Ten's more entertaining now that Ohio State's not the dominant power because they're having quarterback issues. You take out Clemson, who's the dominant power forever, and now they're having quarterback and coaching and recruiting issues. And this is what made the SEC and the Pac-12 so great. It's always Utah may end up winning every fucking year because – Whoever the new team is, whether it's Oregon, 
Oregon State, USC, UCLA, whoever, shoots themselves in the foot in the championship. But there's always a new team challenging them. Where in the SEC, it was Alabama, Georgia, Florida, I mean, Florida, LSU, Texas A&M. And it just, Tennessee, it keeps going. The mixture of new schools makes it less regionalized because when you look at these conferences, you actually have to pay fucking attention now. And now you add Oklahoma and Texas to that mix? Holy shit, the SEC is on a gold mine. And now teams with the realignment, it's only going to make the school things better because now the ACC's chokehold with Clemson is gone. The Big 12 is adding 15 new fucking schools. The Big the Big 10 is added four. And next year, dude, make, picking conference games in our pregame, our preseason show is going to be a fucking clusterfuck. Because I'm like, wait, when the fuck did they join the conference? So that was my biggest thing, but college. But boys, pro ball, I think this week may have it beat. Because, yeah, it's week one. Week one, I, I heard Jim Nance say this. Week, week one is the one week you don't put too much stock in. But there were some things that I want to put stock in and stock down on. I'll start with it first. The Bengals' offensive line is still fucking terrible. They have not fixed it at all. Yes. And you have Baltimore with a healthy Lamar. Frank's Pittsburgh Steelers, as much as they got thumped by a really pissed-off Niners team who've been complaining all offseason how they got done a raw deal, it was they were going to kill whoever they play. They could have gone in and played the freaking Chiefs. Yeah, can I touch on that? I Yeah, go if for there's, it. If there's anything to like hope for as a Steelers fan here, that Niners team might be sick. Like Purdy was way better than I imagined. He never lost his composure the entire game. Every time he rolled out, it seemed like he found someone. Part of that's because, you know, the Steelers inside linebackers left a lot to be desired, but the man was putting the ball in the money. He looked like a 10-year vet in that game. I'm so impressed by him, especially coming off the surgery too. That that defense is nasty. They can beat you in so many different ways. They're balanced. <laughs> McCaffrey ripped off a 65-yarder. Kittle Which barely even caught the ball. I mean, that, that team is loaded. I think that, that mm-hmm. I mean, if they're not going to be in the NFC Championship game, I'll be shocked. Oh, no. It's, it, can we just establish this right now? Unless Matt, Dan Campbell and the boys get, like, get hot, it's going to be a rematch of last year. Right. And, and I think, I think, just to touch on San Fran real quick, I think when you have that many weapons, on, I mean, we saw Brandon Ayuk, you know, go for two touchdowns and, and a buck 50 yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think for Brock Purdy, you know, Brock Purdy is not even like near being like a top 12 quarterback in this league at all. But when you have all those weapons, when you have all those dynamic playmakers who are virtually capable of doing anything on the football field, it takes so much pressure off of Brock Purdy because he knows that, you know, at any given point, any of these guys can do, can take over a game, right? Kittle, Ayuk, Juwan Johnson, uh, Debo Samuel, McCaffrey. And they've got Elijah Mitchell, who barely plays, who would start for most of... Uh, maybe 15, 20 teams. Yeah. So, so I mean, the depth in terms of, like, weapons for the rest of the... for. For the rest of the roster in terms of offense, and I mean, I think it's the same on defense too, it's just, it's incredible. And I think you're right, Jared. There's just no way that it's not a rematch barring a team like, you know, Detroit really what? just catching fire, man, like at the end of the season. No what way, right? I want to ask you about, and we'll ask Frank when he gets back. Um, last night's game, 
like the nightcap, the game where I literally said my boss is a Giants fan. I walk in this morning, he goes, hey, did you watch the game last night? I'm like, I watched two drives, put it on my side screen, and turned on Starfield. I was done with this game. I was like, this is ugly. You know, I when the, the game first half, I don't know how you could watch much more than that. I mean, it was just it was it, when you've so, watched football for eight hours already, like you're done at that point. You're not going to watch red zone for the one. nothing. Well, I mean, listen, you had a worse start to the day than most of us did, buddy. You're a trooper for hanging that long. Usually my team loses. I'm done, by the way. <laughs> I'm done. I'm turning the Xbox on fuck football for that weekend. Um, I'll ask you guys this. How much stock do you put in the game last night? I know obviously week one. So not, if it's not week one, it's 35 nothing or 32 nothing, whatever. How much stock do you put in either the Giants being bad or the Cowboys being good? Or is it more of lack of preparation on Dayball's side and the fact that the Cowboys have been staring at that fucking Zeke snap play for the last six months and have wanted to kill somebody. I, the way I look at it off the bat, I think it's a little column A, column B. I think that last year the Giants were way overproduced. They were the they were in the same boat as the Vikings, where they played way above their standards. They have a lot of holes in that roster, and the Cowboys got in their grill and took it to them from the start. I think the Cowboys are just as good as they were last year. Are they better? Not really. I still think they lack a power running game. But well, against a team like the Giants, that don't fucking matter. Just, I mean, well, I don't know, for, man. Pollard looked pretty, Cowboys, pretty sharp though. last night, dude. Well, I no, think I'm the saying, Cowboys are good, man. I don't think you're giving them enough credit. Like, I do think they're better. Like, they, they have someone who might be the best defensive player in football. And I say that as a fan with TJ Watt on my team, who was incredible. Mike Parsons is unbelievable. So you have him. There's no reason to believe he's not better than last year. Dak's not going to lead the league in interceptions again. You've got young weapons on offense. You know, Pollard looks good. He's back from the injury. You know, like, uh, you know, McCarthy, whatever the deal was with Kellen Moore, the guy does know what he's doing. Like, everyone likes to make these McCarthy jokes. The guy has won a Super Bowl. He has been a part of great teams here. Hey, he has a plan. It's not like this guy's like some idiot going in blind. Like he knows what he's oh, doing. I, 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 I think this team has room to improve. I think he, my biggest kicker with this team, and it's it's very straightforward. It's that when I look at their roster, there's a lot of things I love. Like Michael Parsons, best all-around defensive player in football. Like every position, he can play three different fucking positions. Four, if yeah. you want to really play it. I think Dak will not lead the league in picks, but I still think the decision-making problems are still there. I don't think they were fixed. I think they were band-aided. I love Tony Pollard. My thing is they don't have a grinder. When you got to play a team like Philly or San Fran who can literally plug the fucking box. How about this? I mean, you're talking about a running back. You're talking about a running back, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't Kareem Hunt still in the market? That is a Jerry Jones move. He doesn't care, right? Cream, he's a big body. Yeah, you know, and also, I, I mean, hey, I they'll, just, they'll trade. They'll trade for Mike Evans. Don't you worry, man. Mike yeah. Evans is getting dealt by the deadline, and, and don't be surprised. Unless the Bucks are like six and one, which is completely possible. They're okay. oh yeah, no, it's it's more likely than the opposite. So I, I mean, literally, like I, I think it is. I mean, I, I can probably touch on this for for our fantasy segment coming up, but I mean. I don't see how there's any way that Mike Evans is a Tampa Bay Buccaneer past, I don't know, week like five or six. No way. How much is Especially left in the tank if he starts Evans. playing well. Does he still, is he really still worth it though? Like I've, I mean, 
he's been in the league for almost 10 years now, right? Because he was yeah, on Manziel's team. Year. Manziel's Probably a little, a little bit less, but yeah. Okay, so he's 9 or 10 years in the game. He He's the most frustrating player to have in fantasy football. I don't, I, I don't watch every Buccaneers game, but I have followed fantasy football. So this man's constantly injured. He's super up and down. Like, he'll have, like, 35, but then he'll have zero, zero, like, two, whatever. Like, you know, he's out games. Are we <laughs> sure that that's, like, some big move? Like, everyone's lording Mike Evans over the trade market. You know, it's immediately rumored. I've never seen a week one trade <laughs> well, rumor with KZ. That was the quickest trade rumor I've ever seen in my life. You know, everyone wants to manufacture Mahomes get more weapons because they're like, Kadarius Tony, who has literally, he's Brucey from the longest yard at this point. But... Hey, I, I wouldn't mind dumping a, a fourth, fifth rounder for Mike Evans and like you a guys need a goddamn player. receiver. I mean, hey, as a Patriots fan, I I wouldn't mind that at all. But I mean, if you're Dallas, right, and and you've now got Brandon Cooks, CD Pollard, Mike Evans, you know, I think that puts you closer to San Fran and Philly, and you know, puts you past Detroit. You know, I don't I, think I it hurts you. I don't think they need to receive. Yeah, they have Gallup too. Like, I think they're good there. Can we also, like, can we also ignore the fact that like, Detroit has a shit ton of cap room, a lot of draft capital, and they could easily go get a guy like Mike Evans. Oh, and yeah. if, if Detroit starts ripping off wins, that's a total thing. Dan can be like, well, I'm going to tell you what, man. This Mike Evans guy, he's big, he's physical, he likes to hit people. He's a he's a lion, man. Let's do this. Like, he's going to have Jared, to do what like, about this? No one's talking about this yet, especially after they won in week one. And you mentioned it in your one-sentence piece. I don't know what's up with Seattle. No one really thought the Rams were going to win that game. But I still don't think the Rams are winning many games here. They've already cleaned some house. Could Cooper Cup be gone? Get healthy. Trade him. I just I, mean, I, I, I think there's a possibility, but I think now with back-to-back seasons where he's injured – the valuation of him from, you know, from the Rams' perspective is not going to be met by anybody else. Because it's like they are they are keeping this injury so down low, right? The, like, the information on this Cooper Cup injury, I feel like, is at an all-time high. Like, there's just no, like, there's no information on, on this injury. Like They're saying the, he's seeing specialists. He's on the IR. I mean, soft tissue, man. It, it's he's it's hiding really in Minnesota bad. in like an Airbnb. Like the fuck is that shit? I, you know what? I think if they get him healthy by like week seven, which I think is possible, show him off for a week or two, and deal him. That's that's not far fetched. There, I mean, they were. I, I just think offers, they were listening to offers for Stafford. I think. I honestly think if the the Rams this they're they're the biggest like meaningless week one win because to Frank's point they were listening to things from Stafford and and uh, calls for Stafford right like the the Jets were calling about it before Rodgers ended up pulling the trigger. I think the this year's sellers at the deadline is going to be the Rams. I don't think we're going to see Stafford get moved, but I think Stafford could have a ghost injury. Where he's kind of like it just it just it's a lingering one. He can't really get rid of it. They maybe let him go. Maybe goes. He's or maybe it'll just be a real injury that he finally sits for for once. He doesn't try to play. Maybe through. I don't know. That dude. That dude's. That dude's. That dude's tough. That dude's Texas tough. Um. And then you see Cup get dealt, and then you see them move 
Cam Akers. And, and then you keep going down the line. They're just trying to get the draft picks back. Because I think at this point, I'm going to be on child number four, and they're finally going to have a first-round pick again. So at this point, like, the Rams kind of have to do something because McVay and uh, Lesney, I think Lesney's still the GM, right? Literally just gambled everything on that 2021 Super Bowl. They got it. Now they got to start getting their capital back because 2022 was a fucking train wreck when your most memorable moment of the season was Baker Mayfield beating a team on 12 hours notice. Hey, it was awesome, though. It was awesome. I was like, I was <laughs> that, that, that game was great. I oh, lost yeah. so much money on that game. I hate that game. That, that was not awesome. <laughs> Frank, you guys start talking to my ass before you make bets, man, because I make the most zany shit and then it happens. Hey, man, guys, I'm always in text away. Give me that, please. Juice. Take a little bit of the crazy juice. All right. And last but not least, speaking of the crazy, I still think the wildest thing I watched on Sunday was just how out of sync a team that I picked to be an AFC contender in the Bengals. What was that? It, I understand it's week one, but your offensive line, like Miles Garrett's literally doing crossovers, hop-stepping to the line of scrimmage, and then blows past your guard. I don't know if he's in shock, but like I'm just like, what the? F- what am I watching? And Joe Burrow gets benched? Seventy-five million dollars in pl- a they year. Quit. They Signed quit, man. I, I did week. not. Ex- yeah. They straight up quit. That was embarrassing. They'll pick it up. I mean, I, look. I, I think anybody who's going to sit here and tell you that. I mean, I personally, I think that's the the best week one overreaction, right? Is that you know the Bengals are just done, right? Oh yeah, like you oh, know their O line sucks. Just for- like what the fuck. Oh man, hey, I, I had I had Joe Burrow in in one of my fantasy leagues. You know, a three a three point bomb by Joe Burrow. So thank you for that. But you know, I mean, there's just no way that that play is going to continue. I mean, this dude was, you know, phenomenal last year and earned himself you know one of the richest deals ever in terms of quarterback contracts of all time. Um, their, their offensive line has sucked for the past two years. Everybody knows that, but Hey, some days it's just not clicking. Uh, it was You're raining right, pretty hard. Mace to your Go ahead, point. Frank. What you, I'm sorry. I, I thought I didn't mean to interrupt you, but to your point, no, no, no. go ahead. Week one from last year, Burrow was awful. He threw, I think three picks this, the Bengals had like five turnovers so to the Steelers in that really, really weird, uh, missed kicks. Week one game. Yes. Um, yes. Oh, was, oh, it was the yeah. same thing as last year. He's going to be fine. I have no doubt about it. To be honest, the more we sit and, here and, and talk and, about it, the more I want to put together the overreaction parlay. I have not seen the week two lines, but I want Giants, Steelers, and Bengals. Give me them. Throw, and, and, listen, I, and I, the one in, point uh, I will include uh, about Burrow. Now he is one in five versus Cleveland. So, so look. He doesn't play well versus the Cleveland Browns. It's very weird, It's but, you know, that's what it is. And so this was just another, I guess, example of that. There's no reason to go out and say, oh, yeah, look, the, the Bengals, oh, no way. They, they're not the favorites to win this division, you know. They're not right up there with Buffalo or KC, right? Um, 
you know, they've got the Ravens next week, another tough test. But, hey, I mean, there's no reason to believe that they're not going to come back looking sharp, looking normal. I mean, maybe if this continues for another week or two, you know, hit the eject button, right? You know, maybe it's time to start worrying a little bit. But until that happens, you know, you just got to say, hey, well, how, sometimes how you this? win, sometimes you lose. I got I to gotta go after this, boys. I yeah, want to no hear problem. both your takes on this, though. There's always the one team in each conference that completely falls out. There's always that team. The Bengals are an early contender. A very early contender, but they're a contender. Do we have AFC and NFC contenders for those? Have you guys thought about this? So my NFC contender got smoked last night. I think the Giants are that team because I don't tr- – like the Cowboys looked phenomenal. And you said I didn't give them credit. And I probably will go back and watch and tape that game this week while I'm at work because, you know, between sales calls, I like kind of keep my brain moving. And I honestly may see – like the Giants to me, everything fundamentally in that game looked off. And usually fundamental stuff is the last thing you lose. It's not the first thing you get back after a season. And with the Giants, Daniel Jones looked like he was just off. Everything was missing targets, the lack of receiver help. They looked defeated. And the fact that they didn't try to fight and score, that's what, like, the fire didn't seem there. Where last year they were getting their ass kicked by a team but then they put up two touchdowns at the end. And they're like, all right, whatever. Okay, okay, they're coming back. And then that same team came back from, what, 24 down against the Packers in London to win? Or 21 down? It was a great – it was a, or maybe seven, it was 17, I think. Or 17, fantastic 17, game. Yeah, fantastic game. I'm watching that shit, watching, walking through Trader Joe's, trying to get food for uh, the tailgate party I'm going to. And I'm like, this is incredible. I'm not even mad about this. I think that's my NFC contender. AFC, I think they play tonight. I have a very weird feeling Buffalo is either going to be that team that wins the AFC or they're going to be that team that misses the playoffs or is like the last team in and they can't do it. Because if Tua stays healthy, that Miami team can outscore anybody. My other contender is the Chargers because Brandon Staley is a a, 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 a stunt trying to call plays. He's just it, it, He's too many analytics. It, it really is. Yeah. So real quick, mine are probably going to be Baltimore for the AFC. That's an easy pick. Uh, I, I think that Lamar is he, – he just didn't look sharp, man. It doesn't look like this dude is making that jump uh, that you need to in your fourth or fifth year. I believe this is his fifth season now. Um, and he got a massive deal over the offseason that he was absolutely – deserving of but uh as we know sometimes that uh you know does not help and then in the nfc i think this is pretty easy um i don't even know if this is like even like slightly a bold prediction but uh the bikes man they look terrible uh yesterday kirk is just you know i mean there's no way he puts up the numbers that he did last year jefferson looked awesome but that's never going to change and you know i think they're in a tough division that's kind of like sneaky good or at least competitive so i think the vikes for sure drop out uh and then in the afc baltimore that pick is valid man they won 13 games so that counts most they hold the record for the most one 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 possession wins in, yes. NFL, in NFL history, right? It's like and the defense gave up the most passing yards uh, by like a ridiculous amount. Oh well, yeah, 
and wide margin. Guys, that 35 point comeback against the Colts, that's not happening again. Okay. Like, there's a lot of those. Like, I watched that game live. I lost like 100 bucks in that game. Like, it's, oh man. All right. Frank, my friend, we appreciate you coming through and hanging out with us for the one sentence game. Listen, we all we all know know and love your content. Tell the folks at home where we can find your amazing stuff. Frank Michael Smith, uh, everywhere but Twitter. Just Frank Mike Smith there. Not because I like it, because I ran out of characters. Uh, but Frank Michael Smith everywhere. Jared, this is great. Always love being on. Brother, I always love having you on. You're our favorite rec- rec- recurring guest. Uh, hopefully we'll talk to you soon, man. I- I'm pulling for your Steelers next week, man. Get a dub for me. Cheers. Cheers, brother. And ladies and gentlemen, joining us on the back from backstage to hang out with us for the back end of the show as we talk fantasy and Monday football, the handsome devil himself, our fellow Eagles fan, our intern Chris. Ooh, handsome fella, dude. I love that intro. Well, listen, up, all, Eagles, all Eagles fans are handsome, man. It just comes with the territory. Yeah, I dig it. All right. I was going to say you're like a weird body double mixture of Carson Wentz meets Dick Sirianni, but I'm going to let that one roll for a little bit. <laughs> let that one marinate. Yeah. All right, speaking of marinating, Mason, it's your time to shine, pal. The how you pronounce? Okay, so I've been apparently fucking. I owe you an apology. I've been fucking up how to mispronounce your last name for the past year. How do you properly pronounce your name? No worries, man. I, the first day of classes is always my least favorite because I always have to introduce myself and it does say, not make me feel any better. About pronounce myself. my no. my last name, or when they go down the roll and you know mispronounce my name. So so it's pronounced Ruck. So it's it's oh. as if there is a K instead of an H. Perfect. Is the corner booth with a K instead of a C. Makes sense. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Rock Report. Your fantasy needs answered by this handsome gentleman next to me. Brought to you by Seeky. Promo code BELLYUP for 20% off or $20 off your first purchase. Check out SeekyCock.com. Promo code BELLYUP. Mason, the floor is yours, my friend. Fantasy waiver wire. Let's hear it. All right, so we'll start off with a pair of LA Rams. Uh, first off here, I've got... Puka Nakua, I believe that is how you pronounce it. It's a little bit of an interesting name there. Uh, So yesterday, or or, or I guess we'll preface with this. So as we all know, Cup is going to be out for at least three more weeks. There is a lot of uncertainty around who's going to be that WR1, who's going to be that go-to target for Stafford going forward. Um, we thought that it would default to Van Jefferson. That's not the case. Uh, Puka Nakua, as well as Tutu Atwell, uh, were really the guys that kind of shined for L.A. Uh, yesterday against Seattle. They look sharp. Nakua is a rookie out of BYU. So he went for 119 yesterday against a, a solid, solid Seattle defense. You know, on the road, I might include. So uh, a very impressive performance, uh, did not score a touchdown, 10 receptions on 15 targets, and he had a 39% target share. So I think it's important to pay attention to this guy's participation in the offense. Um, a 39% target share is a lot, especially for a rookie who, you know, look, 10 catches for 119 yards against a stout in-division rival. You know, you can't ignore that. 
So if he's in your league, um, you know, if you're dealing with the cup injury, if you drafted cup, look into this guy. I can't lie to you. I can't lie to you. Other people are going to be trying to get him. So if you play in a, in a fab league, you know, I, I, I can't tell you, I don't play in any fab league, so I can't give a recommendation on how much to a lot. Um, but absolutely put in a waiver form. You can't, you know, miss out on anything. If you get him great. If you don't, Hey, hold on to cup or, or make a different move. Uh, so next up we've got Kyron Williams. Uh, I believe this is his third year, maybe out of Notre Dame, uh, 65% snaps or uh, snap count. Sorry. Uh, so on the field quite a bit. And he did receive the goal line work for the Rams yesterday. 15 carries for 52 yards, two touchdowns. So really important for them in the red zone. Uh, as we've known, I guess going back two years ago, Cooper Cup was the guy. He was the number one target for the Rams in the red zone. Um, it's having to change now due to the fact that he's going to be out for three more weeks. Um, and I think regardless of when Cup comes back, Williams is going to be that top back, that lead back for the Rams. So if you can get him, great. You know, this might be a nice little flex play for you, a guy who's going to give you, you know, pretty consistent numbers. Um, it's kind of uncertain what the Rams' goal is here, right? Uh, they don't really feel like a team that's playoff bound, per se, but, you know, they're not a team that's going to be tra- uh, trying to tank for um, a quarterback or anything. They don't have a first-round pick, so they're kind of in limbo here. They don't – it's a little confusing, so – Another player to look into from the Rams, uh, a nice flex play. Hey, and maybe maybe that turns into a WR2 kind of ceiling. You never know. Next up, uh, this just depends on how deep your league is. Um, I think a lot of people probably already have this dude on the bench. I, I think in a lot of leagues, this guy is not going to be available on the wire. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, 62% snap uh, share yesterday. So he split that with... I think Boston Scott literally had like one to two carries. So Boston Scott was a non-factor. Um, and DeAndre Swift accounted for maybe 39 or 38% of, of that snap count. They used, him as a decoy. they used him as a decoy the entire game. And, and so, look, Gainwell had 14 carries for 54 yards. Uh, my rule of thumb, and, and this just kind of depends on, on your perspective, my perspective has always been that if the quarterback is a running quarterback, a dual threat like Lamar Jackson, like Jalen Hurts, like Josh Allen, um, it's not fair for you to expect the same output and the same kind of numbers that Christian McCaffrey is going to get in San Francisco with a non-running quarterback like Brock Purdy. Um, you're, you're not going to see that, right? So it's not comparable. Um, and I think it's important to add that all summer, all camp, we've been hearing that Gainwell is going to be that number one back. But we've also been hearing that um, they are going to field feed the hot hand. You know, there's not going to be, it's going to be a week to week thing. You know, next week Swift could, could be great, right? He starts out the game, you know, looking good, looking sharp. Um, you know, that day Swift might be the, the go-to back. So it's just, it's iffy with these teams that, that have multiple personnel that they use. Um, so Gainwell is a nice waiver if you can get him. But uh, be be weary of, you know, what comes along with picking him up. Uh, moving on, we've got Zay Flowers out of Baltimore. 
uh, Jared and I touched on him previously in the show, just looked phenomenal. Immediate impact from the rookie um, in a in a number of ways. They used him in the passing game. They used him in the running attack. Uh, 48% target share from the from the receiving side. Nine receptions on 10 targets. Only one drop for 78 yards. We've been hearing all summer, once again, similarly to the situation in Philadelphia, that he has been outstanding in camp, um, really turning heads, really attracting a lot of attention, um, you know, and, and kind of showing teams why they messed up in, in passing on him in the draft. Uh, he looked great yesterday. I watched this game start to finish. Uh, they were playing the Texans and really just dismantled them. He looks sharp, man. I've got this dude in two leagues. I'm excited about him. I think um, if they can kind of keep up their end of the deal with the pass game that they brought uh, mm -hmm. Munkin in for to pass mm -hmm. more, I think this guy would be a nice flex play. I don't really see him as a WR2, but um, if this continues, man, he, you know, he deserves to be in your lineup week in, week out. So look into him. Lastly, um, this is kind of a week-to-week -week thing. If it was me, I'd monitor this guy for maybe one more week to see how he does. Uh, let me see who they are playing this upcoming week. Pardon me for this. Uh, they are playing the Falcons. This is none other than uh, our favorite, Jordan Love. Looked impressive yesterday. 245, three touchdowns. He went 15 for 27, so that's super accurate. But um, accurate enough, he had 23 fantasy points, uh, 73 QBR, 123 passer rating. And, I mean, look, I know it's the Bears. I understand that. You know, Chicago is nothing to brag about. We, we made plenty of fun of them on this show. Um, and they don't look any better. They look awful. They look like they're probably going to be in the running for the Caleb Williams and or Drake May um, sweepstakes come later in 2024 however jump in jump in jared i have one sleeper based off that one packers d if it's available dude like holy shit they played lights out yesterday like and you look at their they're all healthy and they got all their guys back and the packers could be the, like that sneaky last wild card team based off of that defense because the bears looked like they were a jv team trying to play varsity it was it was brutal but continue Anyway, I mean, I completely agree, Jared. That's an, that's an excellent – couldn't agree more. Anyway, look, I think a lot of people were unsure about Jordan Love. I mean, he did not look good in the games that he played in last year. He did not look great. Um, he didn't – He didn't. did he start a game? I can't remember. Jared, do you remember, Chris? Any yeah. idea? He started um... – he came in at the end of that Philadelphia game. Yeah, I remember he that. Started two games in 2021. Okay. Yes, because Rodgers had COVID. Yes. Okay. With COVID toe. Right. <laughs> so anyway, look. Similarly to Kenneth Gainwell, who's on this list, I think it's smart to, and you know, this comes along with risk. Don't think that it doesn't. You know, monitor him for another week. If he goes off against the Falcons, which, you know, he probably will. The Falcons suck. Um, you know, pick him up, right? Like, what, what, what's the, what's, 
you know, who's it hurting, right, to pick him up and, and maybe he takes off? You don't know. Um, if you're feeling kind of iffy or unsure about your quarterback position at the moment, Jordan Love might be a good uh, pickup. He looks better. I don't know if he's going to have very many fantasy implications every single week, but uh, he looks good. And uh, that kind of rounds out the list. So that in, in that order as well, that's in terms of priority. That's how I'd rank these guys. Um, so, yeah. Buddy, I love the Jordan Love pick. I think he's going to have a very sneaky good season. The Kieran Williams pick with Cam Akers being about as reliable as a Tesla in zero-degree weather. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, the Justice Hill one is a no-brainer. And good on you for putting it in because some people would be like, oh, it's too simple. No, like guys have to understand. J.K. Dobbins is may never play another snap in the NFL, at least for the next year and a half. Yeah. Yeah, this dude runs hard. He runs straight downhill, which is the perfect thing for that Ravens offense. Especially in the division that they're in, man. They play in crummy weather a lot. You know, they it's play up opponents. and grind from start to finish. Right, right. So, hey. You know, I like I said, I think it's interesting with the with the Ravens backfield, particularly because you've got to deal with Lamar who runs the ball quite a bit. But it seems like they're phasing away from that. Now now maybe that is sort of a week to week thing, but they've been very adamant about the fact that they want to protect Lamar, right? They want to make sure that he is healthy long term now that they've financially committed to him with that contract. So it's going to be inter- interesting to see how that plays out. Um, Zay Flowers, like I said, go and get him if you can. You're going to regret not picking him up in three or four or five weeks when this offense is really humming, man. Because this is a playoff team. The Baltimore Ravens are a playoff team, and, and they're at the point now where you know the front office is not happy with losing in the first round of the playoffs. They're looking to win Super Bowls, and they're looking to win Super Bowls starting this season. That's why they, they spent a first-round pick on Zay Flowers, right? So and I, I do think, honestly, and here's maybe an overreaction, fellas, and this is kind of how I want to end this before we get into Monday Night Football. I could easily see the Ravens winning this division if Zay Flowers – because, like, listen, Lamar's sloppy. Dude didn't play at all last year, let's be honest, the back half of the season. But Zay Flowers looks like a top, looks like Garrett Wilson 2.0. If OBJ can stay healthy for three quarters of the season, Bateman stay healthy for half of it. Like, dude, this is a legitimate offense. And even if they don't have Mark Andrews, they still have other guys, and their offensive line isn't bad. I and still think def- they and that defense is legit for sure. They, they can hang. Get a they can hang back. with Cincy, man. They can and hang. We'll get a running back to help Justice Hill out, and like. That's, that's a team that wins the division because I still think Cleveland overperformed. I think since he underperformed, I think Pittsburgh underperformed. I think Pittsburgh is that sneaky team. I want to say this before Frank left, but he, he, you know, probably obligations, obviously. I think they're that team that kind of is like Pittsburgh is like, it's like, like last year, like they're hanging around the AFC playoffs. It's like, wait, when the fuck did Pittsburgh get back in the race? And there is, it's like they're like nine and seven. Going to the final week of the season, tied with like Cincy and New England for the last spot of the season. Because I think New England, honestly, might be the was sneaky, might be the third best team. And if they can go out and get a receiver to have, if if Mister TikTok Boy can stay healthy, they're not a bad roster. I mean, they need an explosive guy in that offense. But besides that, 
the running game, Mack looked efficient. Bourne might be a good number two receiver. So maybe we'll get a number one guy. Let's trade, let's trade for Mike Evans. Come on, guys. Listen, let's, they get Mike Evans. That's, they get Mike Evans, they're better than the Bills. That defense was oh. fucking lights out last night. They I made, would. They made Ben Johnson and Jalen Hurts look like it was 2021 all over again. It was brutal. Because if, if, if Mac stays consistent, I mean, given I mean, his week one performance is great. I haven't seen that out of Mac at all, like before. So, it, I mean, if he keeps playing consistent, dude, I mean, why not trade for Mike Evans? Because you're, you're in such a competitive division with the Dolphins, the Bills, and now the Jets, who... Guys... Or listen, if the Vikings are down, go get KJ Osborne. I know he's not a one, but that's a that's a good two. Or go up to go down to Arizona. Go get Hollywood Brown. Go get Godwin from Tampa. Shit, like there's a lot of somebody. Good. How about that? I don't Make care who it is. Move, Bill. Oh, he will. God. All right, fellas, we got four minutes. My football game kicks off at twenty five at about twenty ish, right? Eight thirty five kickoff usually Eastern time. Um, in Mace's Mace's time, it's usually about six thirty, seven thirty. Whatever the, you guys are an hour behind us, right? Se- seven, yeah, yeah, seven, uh, seven twenty, seven twenty-five. It's seven fifteen right now, so an hour behind you guys. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, you guys are so close to New Orleans. I keep forgetting that. It's like how you don't realize how big Texas is, and you realize how like New Orleans. It's closer. Like you guys are closer to fucking New Orleans than you are to El Paso, which is wild to me. Um. Yes. So. Like, when you go into New Orleans, there's a sign, Houston, Texas, X amount of miles. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, it's close as shit. I'm like, wow. That's I think I think what they say, Jared, is like El Paso is closer to California than it is Houston, maybe. Yeah. And I think even, like, what is it, like Dallas, is, like Dallas and New Orleans is about the same distance driving-wise with traffic? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. My sister made that drive. I'd have to ask her. She did L.A. She did L.A. to Connecticut down the southern way. So, either way, folks, tonight's going to be a good game. I'm not going to go crazy with what the matchups and everything. All right. My favorite matchup tonight is Sauce Gardner versus Stephon Diggs. Make Josh Allen throw to Gabe Davis or Dalton Kincaid. I think this is going to be a problem. That Jets defense looks mean. They look athletic. I think we're going to see a lot. Of, I think we're going to see at least two interceptions out of Josh Allen today. That's a bold prediction. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I love the matchup between Sauce and I like Stefan. Um, I'm really excited to see, like, Rodgers, like, debut. Because, obviously, it's a new team. He's been with the Packers for over 10 years. I mean, new scenery. He's got a new team. He's got some familiar faces like Lazard and um, Randall Cobb he brought over. So, um, I mean, I'm more excited to see, like, how he does than – I mean, I, I know what I'm going to get out of the Bills. But, like you said, the Jets' defense is, like, fucking insane. It's, like, top five in the damn league. So, um, yeah, I, I lost the 11, baby. Yeah, I'm rooting for the Jets. I got I got Gabe Davis in, in a touchdown parlay for tonight. So, let's go That's Jets. Ballsy. That's ballsy. All right, Mace, round us off here. I think I'm just most excited, kind of like Chris said. I mean, just to see the, the QB's duel, man. I mean, when Allen is at his peak uh, and when Rodgers is at his peak, I mean, and now they're playing each other. That That's now Monday Night Football on 9-11 in New York, man. That that just sounds like a... Jets by a thousand! USA! USA! <laughs> USA! 
Oh my God! And, and listen, also our boys boots on the ground. They're telling, that's dedication to the craft, man. Um, also, little uh, moment of silence showing off a bald spot to. Um, this is 9/11. It's been 23 years. I remember this being obviously. I was six when this happened. Y'all two were a little younger than me, obviously. Um, but you know, it's something we don't forget. 23 years later, or 22 years later, I can't count apparently. But uh, a little moment of silence for uh. Everyone who died and all the first responders that day. And that being said, everyone have a good game. Enjoy the night tonight. We'll see you guys Thursday. Corner with Pre, will be back. Chris will be off. He'll be enjoying his birthday. Happy birthday to Chris. Both my teams are playing fucking Thursday, too. It's a little fucking irritating. Miami <laughs> kicks off against Bethan Cookman at 7. Philly kicks off against those schmucks from Minnesota at 8. I'm going to have like the split screen going on and throw something through a wall. I wish you could do your custom split screen on YouTube TV. That makes me so happy. Either way, folks, enjoy your night. Shout out to Frank Michael Smith for coming on. Check us out on All Things Corner Booth. Shout out to Matt for uh, doing Boots on the Ground live from MetLife. And to you, Mason and Chris, for coming through as well. We will see you guys Thursday. Shout out to our sponsor, Candidate, Valiant Media, Mauler Bros, and Seeking. Peace! Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly Up Podcast Network.